This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Thursday, January 14th, 2021 edition of Invest Talk. And on today's program and podcast, I am going to operate with the same mission that we always operate with, which is independent thinking and shared success. That is your assurance that our market reporting, our process for explaining things, our educational segments, and our equity commentary are all presented without bias, right? We just give the facts, give our educated opinion, and that's what we are here to do. Bring our perspective our, through our experience, through the data that we have, that I have right in front of me, directly to you in order for you to make better money decisions. Now, I'm Justin Klein, and we will help make sure that listening to Invest Talk is an excellent use of your time. We also offer you the opportunity to contact us with your finance and investment questions. You shape the show to your liking, however you would like. But you have to call and interact with us during our live program, 4 to 5 Pacific Time, or leave a question anytime on our Invest Talk voice bank. That number never changes. 888 chart So let's get right to our first caller question right now. Hi, my name is Katie. I'm new to investing. I've been doing it since August. And my question is, when do I know the right time to take profits? I purchased Jumia, J-M-I-A at 13, Grow Generation at 18, Plug at 15, and Trinseo, TSE, at 22. I'm pretty excited about all the gains, but I do understand that right now they're unrealized, so I would appreciate any advice on guidelines or principles I should follow as far as when to sell, because I do want to keep, you know, all the gains, and I want the potential gains, and I also don't want to lose what I have, so thank you. Okay. Uh, great question. That is something that's very difficult to uh, figure out, especially for a new investor, right? Uh, you, it, you're up on it. Uh, things feel good, and but you don't want to lose those gains. But you also don't want to miss out on continued gains. That's uh, that's the emotions, right? The fear and the greed, and playing with that. So when I, when, when people are investors are are struggling with uh, a process. I go back to trying to weed out the emotions, right? And create some, some rules, okay? So first you have to ask yourself is, are you in it for the long game? Or is this just a trade? Okay. Now, typically when you're worried about the losses, it's just a trade, right? Because you don't understand the underlying value of the company. Uh, the the segment operating segment uh, of the market they that they uh, they run their business through. You don't understand uh, whether this is a good value long term, right? So all those things you need to wrap your head around. And for a new investor, that's very very difficult. Valuing companies is very hard. Understanding sectors is very hard. Okay, so I'll say. If you can get to that point, which you should be working towards, that definitely plays into your your thinking. Now, as a new investor, 
I always try to keep it simple for people. Uh, and the simple thing for me are charts. Pretty simple, right? Talking about price and time, right? Price on the y-axis, time on the x-axis, and you're charting that over that time period. Now, when a, stocks are in uptrend, which you talked about, many of them that you own are, they tend to find support at certain levels. For example, I'm just looking at TSE, which I, Trincio, which I think is one you mentioned. That one has been marching up. And ever since October, it's pretty much found support at its 50-day moving average. Even back in the summer, when it was kind of chopping more, uh, it found support around the 100-day the moving average. I'm sorry, the, the recent one is actually the 20-day. It's been in marching up with 20-day as the support. Back in the summer, it was the 100-day. So because things are stretched, because a lot of these names are overvalued, I would look at this recent period, right, where a lot of these names have gone parabolic. And when they close below whatever moving average they have, that's, they've been finding support out recently. That's when I would be getting out, right? And a lot of these are the 20-day moving average, say that. So that's what I would use. So you're still riding that up. If it gyrates in a day, a couple days, no big deal. But if it breaks that 20-day moving average, that's a time, that, that's a, a warning shot for you to say, hey, okay, the momentum is waning. The uh, reversal is potentially upon us and either reduce or eliminate your position. So that's the start. But while you're waiting for that, start to assess the different names. Is this a company that is going to make money, right? Their growth, the, the, the story behind it, is it going to result in actual earnings down the line? And do you want to be a long-term holder? Well, my answer to our callers was a demonstration to, of that today in this program and podcast. I will do my best to provide unbiased answers to all your finance and investment questions. I know you want strategies to help deal with market volatility and the uncertainty, like that caller. And I'm here. I'm ready to take your calls now at 888-99-CHART. Now let's check in on the market today. We had a modest down day. The SP was down about 14 points, a little less than half a percent. And what was interesting is that we were up for most of the day, and we had a sell-off in the last hour, hour and a half or so of trading. Why is that? Well, I think, A, I think the market's getting tired here. Uh, we had another surge in the 10-year, right? We had some economic indicators come out, such as CPI numbers, and they were met or exceeded expectations, Right? Uh, import prices month over month were up almost 1%, 0.89% for the month of December. And that was the highest level since July. Okay, so that weaker dollar is certainly certainly hurting uh, our uh, expert, export uh, purchasing power. And so that's one issue. Another is the initial jobless claims came in at nearly a million another uptick from last week and reached the highest levels since, geez, let's look back, going back to, looking all the way back here, since September, end of September. 
So more tough economic news, right? Rising prices and weaker jobs market, which that's expected. I know personally, I know about a half dozen uh, friends, friends of friends, luckily I've been in, in, in interacting with them recently, but they got COVID uh, here in Southern California. So I'm seeing definitely a surge and it's the season, right? It's the flu season. We all kind of knew this is a time where it spreads faster. So uh, more shutdowns and that's causing economic strife. So that was the market today. I still think this quarter is going to be much more volatile than last one. Now we're heading into a break and I welcome your calls right now at 888-99-CHART. The markets react to uncertainty. Are you prepared? Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Your financial future depends on the answers to those questions. Justin Klein is here now and ready to talk with you. Call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Now, my focus point today concerns the story in the first full week of 2021. Mortgage applications jumped 17% on a 20% spike in refinance activity. Pretty interesting, especially since interest rates were a little bit higher from the previous week. But uh, we're going to unpack that story as well as a few others. One, President-elect Biden has announced his economic stimulus package, about $1.9 trillion. And we're going to unpack some of the details, what that might mean, what might actually be passed. Remember, these are just proposals. What actually comes down the pipe with legislation could be and likely will be very, very different. I know everyone says that uh, Democrats now hold the House and the Senate, which is certainly going to help, but that doesn't make the process of coming to an agreement uh, easy. It's still going to be messy uh, and probably take longer than most expected and be smaller than most expect as well. So we're going to touch on that. Next, banks have been doing well, but let's pack unpack earnings for the last quarter and the full year 2020 and look forward. Is it as rosy as the share price gains have been? We're going to unpack that a little bit. And then lastly, options trading. Everyone is trading option these days, even beginner investors. And we're going to unpack that story and figure out is that a warning sign? Let's go to a live call now. We're going to speak with Adam in Los Angeles. He's looking at POSH. Is this Poshmark? Ooh. Yes. It, uh, so it came out today, and I tried to okay. buy it early in the morning before it started trading. And I, I put in an order for, I think it was 45 limit, and it never went through. It just kind of skipped from the initial offering of whatever it was, 40, and it jumped all the way mm -hmm. to 90, 100, but my, my mm -hmm. order never got processed. Is there any way to get in there and buy an IPO before it jumps so high? Well, you can buy it 
in the IPO process. Uh, now that's something you have to talk to your broker about and see if you're able to do that. Uh, most of the time, hot IPOs are given to uh, big institutional investors, people with a ton of money, or big mutual funds, big hedge funds, big funds, right? Because if you're a uh, investment bank and you're taking a company public, are you going to mess with a bunch of small accounts that are going to put ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars each in, or are you going to go to a big mutual fund where they're going to allocate millions of dollars towards that IPO and they're going to hold the these shares for an extended period of time? They're not just trying to make a, a quick buck. Uh, you're going to go for the latter, right? So it's very difficult for an individual investor to get in on that particular. Uh, uh, on, on particular IPOs. So if you actually can get down on it, that's kind of actually a red flag. Does that uh, make sense? I see. So, yeah, they're, so yeah. they're not going to take a small investor. You'd have to go through a mutual fund or a brokerage. Yeah, you have to go through a brokerage, and, and you know that's why a lot of wealthy people they work with uh, Goldman or Merrill, and they can uh, sometimes get on these IPOs. Now, uh, IPOs longer term uh, tend to be uh, poor investment choices. Uh, upon you know if you're if you're holding it from IPO date uh, onward, uh, on average, now certainly there are ones that do very very well near term as well as long term, uh, but. Poshmark in general, this is a company that lost money last in 2019. Uh, they they made money the last couple of months because of uh, moving towards online, but their value is 7.5 billion, and they only did 68 million in sales last quarter. I'll tell you this: we own a similar name. It's public for our clients. We've owned it for a, a few months or so, and. It does twice as much sales, actually three times as much sales, and valued at a third the price as this one. So that, so I would not be buying Poshmark, especially at the valuations right now of $101 a share, seven and a half billion market cap, much too expensive, especially for a name that just started to make money. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and we are now into 2021 solidly, and. Your job of building a financial future that you can be proud of must never backslide. You always have to be continually working at it, whether that's saving correctly or investing correctly. Your goal of financial freedom will require sound information and effective strategies. So we should talk about whatever is on your mind. Your participation is vital. So give us a call at 888-99-CHART. The new year is bringing lots of changes. Are you prepared? Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? You don't have to guess. You can get unbiased guidance from Invest Talk hosts Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. The phone lines are open now and your questions are welcome. 888-99-CHART. Now my focus point today concerns this story. In the first full week of 2021, mortgage applications jumped 17% on a 20% spike in refinancing activity. So purchase activity was only up about 8%. So on average, was right around that 17% level. Now, 
Year-over-year year, mortgage apps are up 10% and refis themselves were up 93% year-over-year, year, right? So that 20% was from the previous week. Now, it was odd because mortgage rates were up a couple basis points on the 30-year from 2.86 to 2.88. And the refinancing or application surged to the highest level since March of 2020. So in the new year, people are getting a little bit more excited or interested uh, in the housing market. Maybe they're reassessing things. Now we're past the holidays. It's hard to know exactly, especially with mortgage rates not really changing too much. But I expect that to moderate. Uh, expect that to moderate this year with uh, the 10-year rising. Uh, but people still want to move out of big cities, get more bang for the buck, get more more room uh, in order to work, in order to live. And uh, the biggest factor, however, I think, in the housing market this year will be the moratorium on foreclosures. And that's something we're going to talk about next. Coming up is Biden's proposal. Not just about spending, it's about certain moratoriums, like on mortgages and rent. And that is expected or proposed to go through the month of September. Now, when that comes off, it's going to be a big test, huge test for the market. And I think that's when you're definitely going to get a lot more affordability, where inventory comes back on, the market settles out. You get more of a balance of supply and demand. Uh, and so until we get a resolution of when people are going to have to pay their mortgages again, then I think that's going to be a big factor, not only in the economy, like I said before, because all those people have that money to go out and spend but also especially in the housing market. Now, if you enjoyed the Invest Talk podcast, great. We thank you for your support. May I suggest that you tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. Of course, we encourage your questions anytime, day or night, at 888-99-CHARTS. Let's go to a caller question that came in earlier from Chicago. Hey, gents. How's it going? My name is Rafael from Chicago. Had a question on Lindbach Holdings, LMB. I went in there when it was $3.76 a share, and it's gone up over 260%. So I'm just trying to see if I should scale back or if you think I should just hold tight to my shares. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, looking at Limbach Holdings. They provide construction and maintenance services for heating, ventilation, air conditioning, and plumbing. So they didn't do so well during the pandemic, but they've come back fairly strong especially in the second and third quarter. Earnings were up 318% in the second quarter, 179% in the third, and obviously we're waiting on the fourth quarter earnings as well. But expected this year is supposed to make $0.86 cents a share, $14 stock. Let me look at the long-term profitability because this is a name that uh, has been on a tear. Uh, certainly there was overly pessimistic views of their, their business, during the pandemic, down a 52-week low of $2.37. And right now, it's sitting right around that 52-week high, around 14. Pretty decent reversal on the market, or in this name today, close near the lows, decent volume. It's not enough to tell me this is imminently going to reverse, but I don't like the MACD. I don't like some of the indicators I'm seeing from that perspective. Uh, and if you look longer term, let me pull up the profitability here. If you look longer term, 
they haven't had a lot of profitable years. The return on equity, actually every year except for the last year, has been negative. So I see this as an opportunity to sell, uh, and I would get out of it just because I don't think that these profit metrics are going to be sustained, and those have a history of consistent profits. So I would take your profits off the table. Now it's a new year. I think it's worth taking a minute to make you aware of some of the benefits of working with Steve Peasley and myself. Things that we do for clients through our company, KPP for Financial. We're based in Irvine, California, which if you don't know, is in Orange County, California, a little bit south of, Calif uh, of LA. Now let me take a minute to remind you that here on Invest Talk and at our company, KPP Financial, we operate the philosophy of independent thinking and shared success, which means that we provide unbiased guidance and we practice parallel investing, which means we invest right alongside our clients. So I encourage you to take advantage of our free offer of a portfolio review assessment via telephone, Skype, or Jive meetings. You can send a message through investtalk.com or call our KPP Financial offices in Irvine, California at 800-557-5461. No obligation. Just give us a call. We want to help. Now, in the next Invest Talk, the story. One market expert is projecting the five most dangerous bubble stocks likely to fail. Steve's going to go over those, and maybe he'll parallel some of the ones from the first tech bubble, tech bubble 1.0. I say we're in the tech bubble 2.0. Change, changing the world is difficult, and even the most well-run companies attempting to do so are in for quite a challenge. So Steve's going to unpack that story tomorrow. But for now, I'm Justin Klein. I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love you transformed a hundred thousand miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own look to your left 
Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs. eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the Internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So. Stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You are listening to Invest Talk. Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888 99Chart. Hey, Steve and Justin. Love the show. Just wanted to ask a quick question. Now that a lot of brokers like Robinhood, Schwab, etc., are offering fractional shares, it's uh, given me the opportunity to invest in companies that I wouldn't otherwise be able to afford. What I've found, though, is I'm buying a ton of different companies kind of just because I can. So right now on my portfolio, you know, I own a small amount of equity in about, I don't know, maybe 75 to 100 different companies that I've had on my watch list for years. 
I feel a little overwhelmed by that. I feel like I'm not giving my stocks choices uh, the attention maybe they deserve. So I just wanted to ask you guys, how many stocks would you recommend a uh, retail investor like myself keep tabs on? I mean, obviously leverage is important. So having a small balance in each stock may not be the best approach. At the same time, I do want to be diversified. So what are your thoughts on that? With fractional shares, uh, how many companies would you recommend somebody invest in? Thanks. Love the show. Appreciate you guys so much. Great question. And I think you, in a way, you answered your own question that it is too hard to track that many names, especially as an individual without many, uh, many tools. The, the statistics say that you only need about 25 different names to be properly diversified. And now, not to say properly, but to be diversified in general. Now, you could, if you, that's all in one sector, then you're not diversified, et cetera. You don't want to be more than 20, 25% in one sector. But I definitely not have 100 names. Uh, and, just and you're a perfect example of, uh, I think, one of the reasons why the market's being driven to such astronomical heights is that people could just buy uh, a little bit of shares that are just way, way overpriced, Tesla, for example. So I would definitely use this time to trim the names, do research, uh, and, and narrow it down to about 25 to 35 different names that you can actually keep track of, that you can do research on, that you can uh, keep tabs on on a, on a weekly, monthly basis. Okay, so definitely reduce your number of equity equities in your portfolio. And that goes for everybody out there. We see this all the time. We get accounts that come over with sometimes hundreds of different positions. You know, they hear from a friend, oh, you should you should invest in this company. They throw a couple hundred dollars at it, right? Uh, they read an article online. They throw a few thousand dollars on, in this name. They uh, saw this on TV, and that sounded interesting. Uh, so they throw uh, $500 in that. And then you just get this hodgepodge of positions that you don't really understand what you own. You don't have a unified strategy of, oh, I need to be overweight this sector or this area of the market because of X, Y, and Z. It's just a hodgepodge uh, with zero plan. So make sure you don't become a victim like that. Now let's touch quickly on the new President-elect Biden, Biden's proposal, about $1.9 trillion COVID relief plan. And this is going to pump money into people's pockets as well as into testing and vaccine, vaccine distribution. He's going to urge Congress to give people about $1,400 checks per person, $400 per week in unemployment insurance supplements through September of this year, and expand paid leave and increase child tax credit. Now, aid for households, meaning money or tax breaks directly to individuals, is going to make up about half of the plan. And the rest is going to go towards vaccine distribution and state and local governments. So this is being floated, member. Being floated. It's saying, this is, this is what I'd like to have passed. Doesn't mean it's going to get passed. And there are some contentious details of this plan as well. For example, $15 minimum wage, which will likely get some Republican pushback, even though it's very popular. It's uh, about 70% of the country approves of a $15 minimum wage. So I could see that getting through. 
but it's not clear which pieces are actually going to become law. Now, he expects to release a second proposal focused on an infrastructure bill uh, and creation of jobs probably in the back half of the year. And the infrastructure bill will probably be focused on green energy. Now, some of these stimulus checks are going to go to those that weren't eligible for, like adult dependents, right? Those that maybe are in college that were excluded from previous bills. The child tax credit will go from two to 3000 And like I said before, he proposes to extend the eviction and foreclosure moratorium to the end of September. That's pretty big. Now, he hasn't talked to, not, there's nothing in here about student loan forgiveness, right? Which he said before, you supported about $10,000 per person of forgiveness. He's just saying, well, we'll continue with forbearance until the end of September as well. And this is something that certainly is going to drive economic activity. We know that. Right? Anytime the government goes in there and spends money, if you understand the calculation for GDP, government spending is one of them. And what's interesting about this too is he's saying we're not going to be worrying about the deficit. Why? Like I said before, Fed is... The, the Treasury and the Fed are now married. And this is another example. This is the plan. Print money, go spend it. It's very different than we've had over the past decade. Yes, we printed money, but the money was going on to bank balance sheets to repair bank balance sheets after the financial crisis. Now it's going towards infrastructure spending, repairing personal balance sheets, corporate balance sheets. And guess what? When you're a corporation, you have lower debt. You're an individual, you have lower debt. You have more money in your pocket. What are you going to go do? You're going to go spend. And this proposal is exactly what everyone should be expecting, has been expecting. Bigger question is, how much will actually get passed? Okay. So this is why you should expect the 2020s to be very different than the 2010s especially in the type of companies that will do well in the investment realm. Now let's keep things flow, keep the flow moving and go straight back to the InvestTalk Voice Bank for a question that came in earlier at 888-99-CHART. Hi, this is Dan from New York. I have a question pertaining to Etsy, E-T-S-Y in company. Thinking about taking a position in it, I'm not sure if it's a fair value, but I do like its business model. Its P-E is off the charts at 86.21, and it's currently at $195.45, a 52-week high. What do you think a target price to get in would be if it is a good idea to get in at all? Thank you very much. I look forward to hearing the answer on the podcast. All right, this is Etsy, and this is an online and offline platform that enables people to buy and sell handmade goods via Etsy.com. And certainly their business has boomed in the world of COVID with more people at home being able to make handmade, homemade goods and put it online, and more people shopping online. So, uh, But the valuation here is just astronomical, $26 billion market cap. And 
even if you include the big boost in, in or revenue from the second and third quarter, you're talking roughly $1.2, $1.3 billion in sales. So easily 20 times revenue. We've talked it before. When you get to 20 times revenue, that is a big red flag from a valuation standpoint. Now, enterprise value to EBITDA 76. So while EBITDA has surged, to 336 million trailing 12 months and their free cash flow trailing 12 months is about 500 million dollars. I agree with you on the fact that I like the business, but I hate the price. My valuation on this name would be much much closer to $70 a share. 70, yep, 70. It's at now 211. So, you know, I'll pay Eight, nine times sales for something like this, but not this level. And I expect there to be a retrenchment uh, once things reopen, which we know that's going to happen. Once we roll up the vaccine well enough, uh, that's very, very likely. So that's my entry point. 70, you can talk to me, but not at 210. 88899 chart, 88992 I'm Justin Klein. You're listening to Invest Talk. And you are not alone. In fact, you have people from all around the world who are listening just like you are. And the greatest number of our listeners obviously are here in the U.S., but we have listeners and downloads from Canada, the U.K., Australia, Germany, China, Japan, Switzerland, etc. So Steve and I thank you for downloading Invest Talk and for telling your friends and family members about our free investing and financial podcasts. Now, of course, we welcome your calls at our KPP financial offices in Irvine, California. We would love to help you off air as well. But if you want help on air, our phone lines are open at 888 chart Invest Talk is always made better when our listeners contribute their questions. Hi, guys. Lee from North Carolina here. I had a question about Stitch Fix, ticker SFIX. So tell your friends and family members they can interact in real time with Steve Peasley and Justin Klein during the Invest Talk live stream program between 4 and 5 p.m. Pacific time. Hey, Justin, Steve. This is Phil in Washington, D.C. Love you guys. I've learned so much. Or they can leave their questions anytime, 24-7, in the Invest Talk voice bank. Look forward to hearing your answers on the podcast. Thanks. Remember, for live or recorded questions, the number never changes. 888-99-CHART. Hey, Stephen Justin. Uh, I've been listening for a while now. And uh, first and foremost, I want to say what's unique about you guys being money managers is that what you guys do day to day, you really can't put monetary value on that. And I thank you for that. Uh, I wanted to ask about a stock AVGR. It's purely a speculation play. I know you guys don't like stocks that don't make money. I'm pretty young. If I lose out, I think it'd be okay. Like I said, just curious what you guys' honest opinion is. Thank you again, and happy holidays. All right. Looking at A. Vinger. A Vinger, sounds like. Trades at a dollar a share, which is up from its 52-week low of, what, 23 cents? Now it's at a dollar eleven to close today. What do they do? It's a medical device company engaged in designing, manufacturing, and selling image-guided cath- catheter-based systems that are used by physicians to treat patients with peripheral artery disease (PAD). Okay, I don't know much about this company. Ninety-two million dollar market cap, so very small. I wouldn't say 
I guess I could say tiny, even after this run. Uh, longer term, it, it IPO'd back in 2015 and split adjusted. It was at $4,000 a share, always lost money, continues to lose money. And this is a name that looks like it is just a perpetual share issuer. And that's really the problem here. Uh, you know, 2018, they had 1 million shares outstanding. Now they have 31 million shares outstanding. So, sounds like a story stock. They're just there to get more money into the business, probably pay their CEO big, big, uh, you know, big salary, as well as their executive team, etc. This, this is just a game here for them. Uh, they're probably going to use this even more shares uh, out in the marketplace. So, uh, nothing about their looks so solid, negative cash flow, negative earnings. I would stay away from it. Uh, now, technically, it looks okay, uh, but this will reverse 50% like that. So be careful with it. Uh, any next surge, which I think, based on the chart, could happen over the next couple of days, I would be taking my profits. At the clock, I think we can have, we have enough time to squeeze in another caller question before the break at 888-99 chart. Hi, how's it going, guys? I'm a big fan of the show. I found out about this company called Ocugen. OCGN. They're a pharmaceutical-based company in India, and they're producing, they produce a vaccine called Covaxin, and they just finished phase one and phase two of trials. I want to see what you guys think about it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hmm, interesting. OCGN. Haven't heard of it. Another very, very small medical company. Sorry, $353 million market cap. This is also a name that has never made money. <laughs> this is pretty interesting. It looks very similar to this last one. There, let's look at the shares outstanding. I always like to see that. Are they issuing? Yes, exact same thing. <laughs> they had a million. Wow, that's pretty wild. We have back-to-back -back calls like this. 2018, they had a million shares outstanding. No, this is not deja vu. This year, it's even worse than that last one. They have 79 million shares outstanding. This just shows you how crazy this market is. This is a name whose 52-week low uh, or price is 17 cents a share. Now it's at 218. This is a perpetual share issuer. They do reverse splits. They are not a company that makes money. They lose money. Uh, once again, pass. <laughs> crazy that people are, are interested in these names that are so low in quality, right? It isn't about, these aren't names that, oh, they make a little bit of money or they're growing fast and they might be losing money, but they're projected to earn money in the future. No, they have for a decade plus stolen, basically, shareholder capital, issuing, perpetually issuing shares. And running a business that loses money. So, no, <laughs> pass, run. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. We have one goal here to help you achieve your own particular version of financial freedom, and our work continues after this final break. So get your questions in now at 888-99-CHART. Have you heard about Riskalyze? It's a brief question and answer form that you fill out online. 
Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will also get a copy of your responses. They can use the Riskalyze results to help you formulate a strategy that fits your investing risk tolerance. Learn more anytime and take the Riskalyze quiz at investtalk.com. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Rick from Florida. Thank you for a great show. I have a question on, and your opinion, your opinion on stock IDXX, IDEX Laboratories. Just wanted to see what you think I'm thinking about buying it. And also related to that, uh, I've heard in so many uh, TV shows or websites about financial stocks, about it doesn't matter where the stock has been, what the cost has been. It's more like, where is it going? So not to worry about what the price you're buying it at. Of course, I don't think that's correct, but I like your opinion on that too. Well, I'll start with the latter. I'm not sure. Um, I, I, I think I would be interested to see where you got that. Uh, it would not be shocking in this environment where nobody cares about valuation. You know, we are value investors, and you know, uh, there are opportunities. They're just not in the exciting names. And this one you called about is one of those. This is IDEX Laboratories. And they provide, develop, manufacture, and distribute diagnostic products, equipment, and services for pet and livestock industry. And this is certainly a good business. Can't argue with that. They've been growing their earnings. 2013, they made $1.73. This year, they're supposed to make $6.84 a share. So consistently gro- consistent growth, uh, high single digits, low double digits in sales almost each and every quarter. So it's a growth name. But... Its business is doing well, and its stock is doing far, far better. And now it's trading at an enterprise value to EBITDA of 60, which is where it was, shocking, in 1998, during the last dot-com bubble. Right? And its enterprise value to revenue is 16, very expensive. Trading right now at a valuation of $41 billion dollars. $488 $488 a share. Our fair value is around $175 a share. $175 a share, which is two-thirds lower than it is today. So good business, but based on its earnings, its valuation is just way too high. And actually, it looks like it's starting to reverse right now. So I would absolutely pass. And don't listen to people and say, Valuations don't matter, because guess what? They do. History disagrees. I know it may not feel that way now, but I have a strong feeling this year you are going to wake up to an environment that is no longer very friendly to the exciting names and all these new investors that are buying options and not worrying about valuation. History will repeat itself and we reminded that yes earnings matter cash flows matter valuations matter now with that end uh let's pivot last to bank earnings and fourth quarter earnings season starts actually this week tomorrow jp morgan citigroup and wells fargo report next week you'll have bank of america goldman sachs and morgan stanley And the fourth quarter is likely to be messy, actually worse than the third quarter because most banks beat expectations in the third quarter of last year. 
especially with low expectations post-COVID. You know, there was a lot of a lot of reserves set aside for potential defaults, and a lot of those defaults didn't come to fruition. But bank earnings are expected to fall 8% in the fourth quarter compared to the same time last year. Sorry, 2019, right? Fourth quarter to fourth quarter comparison. And the reason the business didn't deteriorate too much was because defaults, once again, because of stimulus, were a lot lower than expected. You had a lot of banks going out there and raising capital for corporations, for individuals, a lot of IPOs in the market, right? So cashing in on that market. And now the Fed is allowing these banks to buy back their own shares. So that's pretty interesting as well. But this, it's not about last year. It's about this year, right? What will this year look like? Mortgage originations are likely to be down expected this year. And it's unlikely that you'll have, shocking to say, as good of a year this year. So I think this recent rally may be a little ahead of itself in the bank market. I'm Justin Klein. This is another Invest Talk program. Steve Peasley and I thank you for listening. And we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. They can listen on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. And always listen live on investtalk.com, 4 to 5 Pacific Time. And we invite you to call with your question anytime on our Invest Talk Voice Bank at 888 chart Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461.